Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Put the gay in Gacy. Put the gay in Gacy. He did. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is true. And you know what else is true? Welcome to the Quality Time Podcast. We're back once again. It's a, it's a wonderful overcast Sunday afternoon. Ready to talk about uh, a Bill Pullman classic shortly here. Uh, but uh, not in Jersey. Not in Jersey. Not in Jersey. Is it it's always spring? sunny in Jersey. Is it always sunny in Jersey? I don't think that's that's true. I think I've seen enough Sopranos to know that to be false. Okay, good. Uh, I'm, you know what? First, I'm joined by uh, the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, that's good. I like it. It's a, we got. Uh, you look like you're fresh out the shower, ready to attack the day. Um, carpet oh. diem, carpet denim. There you go. That's like that's weird. That's yeah. Seize, I think that's Italian for seize the jeans. I was gonna say, why don't you worry about your own jorts? Okay, I'm, don't worry about mine. I mean, I honestly, next year when I hit forty. I am buying white New Balances, and I'm only performing in jorts. That's uh, that's get ready 2023. That's the energy I'm bringing in until uh, I die. Watch out, I'm actually, I'm actually fully fluent in Latin. I know that carpe diem means uh, fish god. <laughs> I knew that. I did know that, actually. Uh, that other sultry voice you hear is none other than my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Who are you talking about? Oh, no. Who's on the program? It is I, Robocop. Oh, Peter Sweller. Hell yeah. That's right. No, I'm the replacement of the replacement of Robocop in Robocop 4. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, RoboCop. Okay, cool. RoboCop learns how to dance like never before. <laughs> it would be funny if RoboCop was programmed with everything but the robot. It's the only move he doesn't do. He also learns how to have sex, even though he's been a virgin most of his life. <laughs> most of it's his the life. last American <laughs> RoboCop virgin. I don't understand how he was a virgin most of his life. <laughs> it's a canon film. Get with it. Hey, you know this spike that comes out of my hand from part three? Well, it has other uses. <laughs> now it is a giant dildo. <laughs> it's just uh, Edward penis fingers. All right, cool. When, well, I'm not, when I'm not shooting off penises, I use the penis that comes out of my arm. <laughs> what? God's 
Jeremy, sometimes uh, I am. Did, is this what you did to Peter Weller at uh, the Chiller Theater here? Uh, I completely failed it. No, he wasn't at his uh, place, and I missed him. Never saw him. So, oh, so no, Peter Weller denied. Correct. It was well. It. I mean, I saw you got to meet some pretty cool people up there, though, in Jersey. Um, I got a shout out from um, uh, the really racist guy from Blazing Saddles. I think his name is uh, Bert uh, Gilliam. Oh, okay. And and uh, he's the in the opening of uh, Blazing Saddles. I won't repeat him in any of his lines because I'm not a monster. Um, but um, maybe wait, one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, town. What is that? Wait anyway. a second. You're not a monster. Hold on. Let's... Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I heard it right. That's all. But yeah, yeah, you met. Don't ask my supervisor. You met some of the the. I think the big star that you got a bunch of photos with was uh uh from a little movie called Back to the Future. That's right, Hunter S. Thompson. Yes, Hunter and stuff. You met Johnny Depp. Yeah, and um, it, it was great. He was like, eh, I think I'm gonna have sex with my son, and uh, you know, it's gonna change the future. I'm Hunter S. Thompson, so <laughs> he's wearing Calvin Klein's. I love it, man. I love it. No, she seemed to, she seemed really uh, friendly with you. Took uh, took a lot of pics. I I had to uh, pogo up before the show in order to save time because uh, the actor that you didn't see any of the rushes, did you? No, no, no. I forwarded you a link to the rushes. You can see all the rushes yesterday for Baby Eater. Because I, I I broke out the scene where uh, uh, Officer Lunatic um, interviews the ME about the uh, the baby back ribs, and uh, oh. they had and they talk about that. So believe it or not, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go check that out. I did it in. Well, you don't check your email sometimes, but uh, <laughs> like all the time. But anyway, <laughs> he. Um, we did, we did it in his chiropractic office, which was really, really good for set decoration. And uh, that's cool. I think we did it in like 10 takes. So that's cool. Well, that's pretty awesome, Jeremy. I'm jealous I couldn't go this year. I was working all weekend. Uh, but I do want to ask you what does it feel like to be like the Make a Wish Foundation kid of the Quality Time podcast? Make a Wish? In what yeah, way? I feel like you get to meet all these celebrities and it's and it's very cool and I'm jealous, but there's always this vibe of like, hey, he might be dying, so we got to make his last wish count. <laughs> you oh, say, are you talking about making baby eater? No, it's no, just I, meeting I, celebrities cuz you look like you're dying. That's all that's what she's getting at. Oh, cuz I look like Mike from um from uh, Breaking Bad Better Call Saul. No, you look Hey, I'm going <laughs> to die any day now. I'm like 80 something. No, you look like, I just you look like, like no. Robert the Bruce's dad in Braveheart. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> no. a leper. No, no, but I just feel like you're such an asset because like you get to go places I can't go sometimes, but also you have this aura about you that people are more likely to meet you. They're like, hey, this could be his last con. That is true. We need to make I his don't look anywhere near as sickly or as old as John Link, who could barely walk and looked like a street bum. But I, I think you definitely Spain look better John than John Link right have, now. We have our new john link hopefully who will maybe be radio man radio he man. Look him up. oh he looks like our newest bum <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I like that you have I like that when you know it's just like the Bible said when 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 one homeless man uh uh disappears from your life God provides another one immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's like who's going to who's going to replace the bum from like UHF? Can you spare a penny? When are we going to get a replacement for him? Jeremy, look, one man's street trash is another man's street treasure. Okay. <laughs> uh, shout out to our archives. Check out the street trash episode. It's a good one. It's a good so, one. So the, 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 the next celebrity, uh, I got um, our former uh, show, The Hidden, um, what's his name? Um, Michael Newry. Ooh. Who also started Flashdance with uh, Jennifer Beals, and uh, of course, <laughs> when, I, when I met him, I said, "Man, you are really great in The Hidden and in Fright Night." And then I looked at his photos. I was like, "Oh shit, he wasn't in Fright Night. That's not. <laughs> that's not Chris Sarandon." <laughs> that's and good. then of course he was very nice. And I was like. It's okay. I get that all the time. So, well, that's good. I'm um, glad glad you're making good friends over there. I'm trying to figure out if there was anybody else. I got the um, shit. No, well, like- I tried to get a shout out from uh, Leah Thompson, but she was like scared, probably because I was dressed like a clown. And uh, oh my gosh, I have never seen so many freaking hoverboards. There must have been like a hundred of them. Wow. Now, and I'm talking about like you know the the Mattel kinds, not like the kind that you know takes ones. you to the city yeah. and shit. Yeah, you know, yeah the one yeah. that you break your ass on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, hey Jeremy, I have a question about uh, the the horror convention. Now, the, now that there's a, a a Gacy documentary that's currently running on Netflix, did you notice an uptick in uh, in Gacy interaction uh, around the con, or was it? Would you say it was on, on par? It's always the same with me. Uh, but there were like at least three or four people asking about the documentary and what I thought. And I'm, I'm just like, uh, I've seen enough documentaries. I've read books. I don't care. It's probably something that I've already seen. And practically I am Gacy. So try to tell me about myself. They so, do. I will say right. that the, the fun part about the documentary, even though I feel like I have a pretty good knowledge of his crimes and stuff, they do interview like all of the investigators that like dug up the bodies and stuff like that. And just like he was just like, yeah, back in our day, we didn't even use DNA. We had to go find teeth. So we were just looking for teeth like all day long. <laughs> My favorite, the, I, the documentary I saw a long time ago is the, the I, one of the leads who says, oh, yeah. And then in prison, he um, he painted me this picture, and it's the typical Pogo the Clown picture, but it has two pines in the background. And he said, yeah, I knew exactly what that meant. That meant, oh, there's more bodies out in some freaking forest somewhere that we'll never find, and that's his just way of saying, fuck you. I'm Gacy. I killed more, but I'll never tell. <laughs> what a dick. I think my favorite Gacy line was that after he had confessed, he went back and said, listen, I was coerced out of me. The only thing I'm guilty of is having an illegal mortuary under my bricks. <laughs> Nobody knows who killed you know, him. You know, you know I th- who else I think is, is innocent? Who's that? I don't think that um, Will Smith ever actually slapped Chris Rock. He just pretended to. That is true. That is true. Totally, totally innocent. <laughs> well, that's good, Jeremy. I'm glad you had uh, uh, fun at the con. 
got a little bit of uptick. You didn't have any late night uh, uh, drama that usually happens? Because I feel like after midnight, when you're hanging with the boys and there's karaoke that's going around places, you always end up with some weird story about like smoking weed with the guy from Guar and stuff. You got you got none of that, huh? Uh, I did meet up with Scotty Schwartz again. Oh, yeah. And with his, uh, br- his brother. And he has big-ass mutton chops for whatever role that he's taken lately. And, of course, we had a good good talk, and he put up with me because I act like a total fanboy. Yeah, and so Scotty Schwartz the is the guy from uh, – that's the guy from uh, A Christmas Story, right? Correct, correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, and I, and I love freaking listening to him. And, of course, I only mentioned Corey Feldman once. And he, and he says he forgot about the Coogan incident last time. And I, he was like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't remember. It, it just doesn't even phase him. The fact that Coogan was getting in his face, and they're having almost a shouting match. Mm. So, well, you said he's growing out the mutton chops. Are we? Are we expecting that he's going to do an adult film called A Christmas Hoary? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good. That, that's not a pole he's putting his his tongue on, but it still <laughs> sticks. A Christmas Hoary. <laughs> yeah, you'll shoot your eye out. And then he, oh my god, sounds like the opening. Sorry, he uses the decoder ring, and it says, "Be sure to drink your pussy juice." (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it says. It says, "Send dick pics." I think it's. A, it could also be the opening scene for uh, a sequel to the pornographic version of Jack Frost, Jack Off Frost. So, there. <laughs> well, can I throw can I throw it out here to you guys? He needs yeah. to do an adult film with Jeremy doing the 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 Gacy stuff because instead of a leg lamp, it's literally a woman's leg that Jeremy has cut off and turned into a lamp. Hey, fragile. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the only the only drama <laughs> I wasn't there to actually witness it, but there's a there's a a cool ass metal um, Hispanic guy who who runs Balls Magazine, and apparently on Friday night he was at the bar showing his magazine to guys, and it's it's a cool like metal uh, hot chick magazine. He just like has uh, hot chick models on it and everything. Apparently, somebody who was drinking and wasn't really paying attention heard just the word Balls Magazine and apparently was ready to fight this guy over his magazine because they thought it was gay porn. Oh. And he almost, oh. there was almost a fist fight. And I'm like, uh, you look at the magazine. No, those aren't tr- transsexuals. Those are real women, and it's not a gay magazine. Well, can I be honest? <laughs> I would read either version of that magazine uh guys girls i am asking though if you can put me in contact with him i would like some space to advertise my instagram near the uh dick enlargement pills and the penis pumps (laughs) all right hell Hell yeah yeah i feel like balls magazine should really just not be focusing on the shaft at all it should really only be focused on the balls right you know the balls have been they've been disregarded for far too long i feel like doesn't like the oldest part of your body is that the oldest part of my body it sure looks like it doesn't it <laughs> very very wrinkly and very droopy so um i'm just upset yeah. that it, it, it bites off the uh the guy balls from uh zoolander known as uh ben stiller's dad so 
Hell yeah. All right, good. Well, I'm glad uh, I glad you got out there, Jeremy, uh, uh, and and safe travels as you travel along here. Ashley, you had you had a bunch of shows that you were fucking working on this weekend. How'd they go? Uh, I did. Um, I had great shows. I had a good show Thursday in Silver Spring, uh, and then I had two shows each night, Friday and Saturday, at the DC Comedy Loft. Um, you kind of know that you might have had a drinking problem at some point in your life when you ask for an Irish trash can mm-hmm. and no one knows what it is. Um, so you have to tell your bartender how to keep making them, uh, which is cool. So I, I had a bunch of those Friday night and had a huge tab, which was shocking. Uh, I haven't drank that much in a while. So I'm really fucking drunk. And this <laughs> table of girls after one of my shows is like, hey, do you like my new shoes? This one girl. I look at her shoes and I go, I love them. You're an amazing bisexual. And she goes, Oh my God. How did you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I <laughs> then each girl has me start judging their sexuality based on their shoes. So I start mm-hmm. doing this and we're all having a great time. And then because I'm fucking trashed, I take one of the girls. R- Mm. reach her leg up to my shoulder lick the base of her shoe and then i tell her what her sexual identity is she's like you're good (laughs) so then i just lick every girl's shoe at that table oh my gosh so then i i get myself i lick the base the bottom of a shoe five shoes i licked the bottom of five different shoes and then i get and then i get into my car at some point i realize what it is i've done and i can taste the grit of dc walking in my mouth and i'm like i'm not doing great oh then i drive back to my friend's apartment and sober at that point but realizing what it was i had done that night cry in her apartment order some doordash fall asleep wake up at about 5 p.m the next day it was great all right so some good so some good uh i mean i think though that like that's the acceptable kind of bootlicking nowadays uh more than anything which is i'm gonna i'm gonna say to ashley there's a lot worse things to be licking and i probably licked those too well uh that didn't happen to me (laughs) oh my gosh so we so did you when it's going through your head, do you like say, "Oh, there, I'm going to lick this shoe," or was it spur of the moment? Like, how did how did this even? Where did it come into your mind? That you're like, I got this is how I tell. Did they think it was funny? What was the reaction? Oh yeah, we were laughing our fucking asses off. The fu- the harder they laughed, the more I was like, "Give me that fucking shoe. Is that a lefty? Give me that one." I licked this girl's Converse, and I was like, "Oh, you're definitely bisexual." She's like, "Oh my god, you're right." And then I licked this one girl's uh, espadrilles, and I was like, Ooh, "You're straight." And she's like, "Oh yeah, okay." <laughs> do you do you think one like the girl who was straight? She's like. Pfft. I was hoping she'd think I was bi, but I guess she's bi. She was disappointed that I pegged her. So yeah. I nailed it. I, 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 was, I was five for five. They're like, how did you know? And I was like, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure there are people that don't even allow to wear shoes in their house that have just turned off this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Am I, am I proud of what I did? 
Absolutely not. Did they take my card and said they wanted to hire me for a campaign rally? You bet your ass uh, they did. And I told them, I said, hey, if you can get me Leslie Graham, I'm a big fan of his ladybugs. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Graham and his sweet ladybugs that he has his boy prostitutes look out. Good but for yeah, him. people have been talking about it all weekend. They're like, you're a fucking crazy person at both those shows it's like oh i know they're like yeah we were trying to get you away from the bar and nobody could haul you away and then uh king tink shout out bryant tinker was like jesus you really are the female chris farley i could not physically move you it was ridiculous <laughs> well it's good i mean i'm glad you had fun and so far you know what i don't want to hear listen if there's any debate if covid is over i think you've proven it now ashley you've just you've, you're licking the bottoms of shoes now where the, the everything needs to be opened back up at this point there's nothing that can take me out aids child's play cancer i fucking wish <laughs> uh so i uh hey you know the last time i was at the at the comedy loft was about like three or four years ago and uh i think i got banned from there because uh, we did uh, we did a murder mystery, and it was um, it was sometime after the new year. I want to say in like 2018 or something like that. And uh, we were doing the show there, and I just noticed that they had one of these like uh, confetti poppers in the back. You know, like the thing you pull the string and it, and it yeah. shoots confetti. I was like, you know what? Yeah. When I come when I come out for my my naked portion of the show, I'm just gonna go and pop this thing off real quick, and then it'll be it'll be like a fun little thing, right? And I just found it back there, right? Hey, when I shot this thing off, I didn't realize it was like an industrial outside one. It completely, <laughs> and when I tell you completely, it covered the entire room in confetti and like in people's food, in people's tray. There was no hiding. And I made this face like, I didn't think it, I, I thought it was going to be like a little poof. <laughs> and instead, it was a fucking cannon's worth. And I just remember looking at the staff and then them looking at all of it falling everywhere and just going, they were like, you motherfucker, how the fuck did you do that? And I was like, I am, here is, here's $40, and I'm going to leave this on this table, and I've, I have yet to, uh, I don't think I've been back since then, which is, I honestly, deservedly so, but the story, still pretty good, still pretty good. Um, I had, um, I had a, a one other good, kind of good story, so I, I didn't have any shows this weekend, but I, I did go out, uh to um happy hour with a with a local friend of mine shipe and uh we're we're sitting at the bar on friday about five o'clock just just have a beer or two right uh and i look over now do you remember the guy uh like in the 2000s do you remember this type of guy ashley the guy who buys a new baseball hat and then keeps like the the tag on the hat like the big circle that you should remove yeah. like you it's a label you should just peel it off but he keep he, but these guys are the ones yeah. that are like i my hat's so new i leave the tags on yeah type people, guy instead of investing, investing in therapy you all find something stupid to collect i got it yeah. yes yes but 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 yeah. it's like it, it, he has the he has the thing on but it, it, it's supposed to be like a status symbol that says yeah, yeah my shit is so new i don't even have time to take the tags off right it was like an early 2000s thing 
I saw a guy. I saw a guy at this bar. He's about my age. So he's in like, you know, his mid to late 30s. And he's has a hat like that. It's flat brimmed, except now it has kind of a curvature to it. And it still has the sticker on it. And it's just like clearly a ten year old hat now. Like it, so like it has, it has wear and tear. Like it, the white isn't quite white anymore. It's got like stuff on it. So he's just left the label on for over a decade. Like it, and it just now he and he thinks this is an acceptable uh, method of, of fashion. I don't. I don't really see what I mean. The issue is because I myself am like a brand new lid. Because I, too, may be well-used and well-worn and no longer brand new. But I wanted to be – I want to be treated like it's the first time you've worn me out. <laughs> but I think it – but it's just like – like, I guarantee if you get to this guy's house, right, he still has – the original plastic cover on his on his uh, refrigerator that he refuses, even though it's not new anymore. He should take it off and it could look fresh, right? Yeah, what a loser. He still probably looks like he has fucked up buttons on his microwave, but unbeknownst to him, it's the film you never took off on the buttons. Exactly. <laughs> loser. He's, he's probably like some retard that leaves the little uh, stickers on like glasses that he buys. Speaking of retards, how's Restivo doing? Hey, he called me last night. He he did he oh. didn't like uh he didn't like the newest episode of uh, the Robin Joe show because it's named Restivo's butthole, and uh, <laughs> he wanted me to. He's like, I need you to reach out to him. I was like, Chris, this has nothing to do with me. He's like, but you talk to them. I need you to. It's disgusting. <laughs> he also made a. This is another good a good uh, uh, Restivo thing because this I did get this call last night at about midnight. He goes, oh yeah. He then then needs to get off the phone with me. He's like, yeah, my black friends are coming to pick me up. He made it a point to say, he's like, ah, just so you know, my black friends. He said like three times. (laughs) So I just thought that was very bizarre and hilarious. You know what? You just reminded me of something, Eric. I've always thought this but could never articulate it until now. That is who Restivo reminds me of. He is Jamie Kennedy in that movie Malibu's Most Wanted. Yes! They're strong Malibu's Most... Cheers to you. I like that. That's Um, what it is. That's the vibe he gives off, yeah. No, I I totally see that. I totally see that. Um, all right, are we ready to get into tonight's tale of uh, uh, of woe and and '90s ridiculousness? I think uh, so. I I didn't see it, so I'm out of here. Okay. I just wanted to add. My, I just wanted to add my favorite um, porno version of this, which was called Lake Flaccid. Thank you for that. Oh yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I can't wait to watch Eric's life story. But thank you so much, Jeremy. It's so good to see you. I am. Good I am. to see you. I'm glad you you you, you look well and and um and less suicidal this week. No, nope, this will probably be the last time you see me. But I love you. <laughs> oh no, no. Look, look, there's a lot to live for. No, Jesus told me so. I'm. I'm Mark Borchard's dad. Mark Borchard. Oh, sweetie, I'm a Satanist, but mm. you tried. Love you. <laughs> well, can't you can't you consider both sides of the force? You know, hey. <laughs> well, this it was good, Jeremy. Thanks for ch- checking in with us. Hey. Drive safely. Uh, don't don't run anybody off the road. 
Ford. Yeah. Uh, maybe do. Maybe do. You know, I don't know. Right, Explore look, the space. A couple years from now, when you find me off that exit and like, hey, he made it 30 miles before he died. Cool. <laughs> I kind of love that, Jeremy. I'll be like, oh, my God, he looks so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a time capsule, except the worst stinking time capsule ever. I'll be like, I'm totally kidding, but my first thought was to be like, he smells better dead than alive. <laughs> the, the funniest part to know is if Jeremy got into a, a crash, right, and then he lived, and he came back, and he was just like, I have burns of like 80% of my body. And we're like, we where? Where where did you get? What happened? <laughs> I don't. I don't see. I don't see the difference there. Um, no. Well, after the first week, I ran out of all those McDonald's French fries that were between the seat, so I was still alive. <laughs> and I still had plenty of my urine to drink, so that was, I was doing pretty well, even though my leg was halfway severed between the <laughs> steering wheel and the floor. How come, like, uh, you know those doomsday preppers that always, like, store stuff away? How come they aren't just investing in all of those McDonald's fries that clearly don't disintegrate or ever go bad? I yeah. feel like that's the that's the food you want to eat in a well, nuclear fallout. I'm, I'm going to write a book about Jeremy's life and his tragic ending, and I'm going to call it Into the Mild. <laughs> Into the Mild. <laughs> yeah, be like, his life was... It was exciting. It was fine. He is. He is. All right. He is a very Jeremy, mango salsa. I love you guys. You are my life. Aw, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you soon. Party, bye. All right. Later, Pogo. All right. So, Ashley, this was your movie pick this week, and it's one that we've danced around for uh, months. We've definitely talked about yeah. it, especially since we've done some of this director's films in recent uh, recent months. Like he is the, of course, the director of Warlock and House, and uh, we've definitely mentioned Halloween H two O during our Halloween time uh, episodes. But this week's episode is none of the nineteen ninety nines Lake Placid, directed by Steve Miner. Uh, Ashley, why? Why Lake Placid this week? So Lake Placid is kind of a classic. And I know that our our listeners, even possible new listeners, you know that it's kind of an amazing film that was a blockbuster. And yet it lives in infamy for kind of being an absolute fucking turd. Um, so I love this movie. I So 1999, it's crazy to believe that I would have been not even 10 years old yet when this movie came out. I did recently share with Eric that I had begged my mom to let me rent this movie because I lived I lived in a very small farming community most of my life and we had a sub shop about 5-10 minutes down the road and they rented about 20 VHSs at a time because somehow they did it all and this was one of the VHS tapes that I wanted to rent. Now Eric probably does not know this um Growing up, my family had money, but we were kind of actually poor. You know, you got three kids, you're trying to support them all. What was our vacation for several years? Uh, but we would drive every year for about seven years 
we would drive to Alligator Alley in southern uh, North America, and we would get caught every year illegally feeding alligators, um, and we were forcibly removed several times. We would pay to take an airboat out so that we could see alligators, feed them, trap them. I have an alligator head in my apartment. Um, I have a fascination with alligators, so I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. What? So I didn't know you were a gator gal. You're going out on the bayou with the with the whole Pontius clan and you're fucking catching gators. I imagine do you Absolutely. guys do you guys try to blend in with the local gentry? Like do you buy like cut off shorts and stuff? Because I wanna imagine your dad getting with like a big hayseed thing coming out of his mouth, like, Yeah, we're just simple gator farmers. <laughs> Eric, that's so funny. You think we had to work to blend in. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, we are absolutely the Beverly Hillbillies. We are white trash with money. Um, and oh, yeah. we no, for for reals, we we loved natural terror. I mean, Eric does know this. A lot of our listeners may not. Later on in my adult life, I was regularly known to swim with sharks in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Nicaragua. So that's like a big thing uh, that I love. So between Deep Blue Sea, which is on my list as well, and this, I love natural terror. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan. But yes, we, we got caught several times illegally trapping, illegally tempting alligators to come out with food. Um, what do you do when you have- to trap an alligator? How does that work? Well, you need to get a big ass, you need to get a big ass piece of meat. Uh-huh. You need to go to your to go to your local for for listeners say like royal farms get a big ass full chicken <laughs> i was waiting to-, to hear a butcher shop you're like uh i go to this fancy place it's a bait shop called royal farms <laughs> you, go to a bucket and you, get, you get a big ass full rotisserie chicken and then you just sit and wait <laughs> and then you, you bring them on out the water you measure them you know you do some tagging and then you and then you get told you can't do this in this area. You don't have any license, any certifications. Wait a minute. Uh, is also- Papa Pontius, is he jumping on the backs of these things and duct taping their oh mouths God, shut no. and stuff? Or oh. you just you just lure them out and take pictures and maybe throw a tape measure at them? Yep, do some measuring, do some logistics just for the hell of it, and then laugh about it on the way home. You do also get chased by wild boar. That is also a scary part of your childhood that makes no sense why that had to happen. (laughs) Yeah, wild boar. Hey, wild boar will fuck you up, man. Those things Um, are no joke. Terrifying, because normally what happens is you don't run across a mama you find babies first and mm-hmm. you hightail it out of there because then you hear her. And, yes. And they are way faster than you think they are. I remember as a child being scooped up out of nowhere. I mean, like, we're running. And I'm like, why are we running? And you just hear her. And I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And I'm like, it's a pig. I'm like, that ain't no pig. Yeah. <laughs> I seen, I still see some wild boar out in uh, the Imesville area of, um, of really? Frederick. Yeah. I've seen them a couple what? times. I work in the telecoms community and I go That's back in the backwoods wild. and I've, I've seen them multiple times. They, they, uh, they're still wow. out there and about. It's crazy. Yeah, they're scary as shit. They will fuck up your legs. They will absolutely ruin your day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I come from look, I come from shitty white folk. What can I say? We we love a good time on a budget. 
It is true. I mean, my folks were very similar. You know, they used to paddle us in an RV. We'd go explore caves. I'd get lost. It was fun. Now I watch scary movies with caves, and I was like, this... I'm glad I didn't watch all of these as a child because these are terrible. Like, I'm glad I never watched The Descent before I spent, like, <laughs> six years exploring caves. Or, like, the horror well, stories of guy who tries to crawl through little space and it's, like, the kind where you have to, like, breathe out so you can get a little bit further and then you're just stuck and you die there. Yeah. Well, listeners, for a lot of you, what you don't know is that one cave Eric has explored, which is a cave in my area it's called crystal grotto but it's spelled with an h-o-e um <laughs> listeners you can always find me out there oh that i just thought it was a grotto pizza i got in and ordered and everything it was fun you no know, you get in there and you're like why is it so damp and dark and they're like oh, i'm in ashley's puss again and then i go oh god it's a bore child <laughs> And then mama comes out. It gets scary. You know, we all have the same childhood. The fact that you think I wouldn't abort it is hilarious. (laughs) So, uh, but oddly enough, this movie, uh, when it came out in 1999, actually has some pretty decent star power behind it and some special effects. I mean, the man who created the crocodile is none other than Stan Winston. Uh, Stan Winston, probably most famous for uh, doing the Queen Alien in Aliens and doing all that design, as well as Jurassic Park. Those two movies alone give you the pedigree that you need, Um, which is interesting because they had to make this thing. um, And if you ever watch like the making of Jurassic Park, they talked about some of the problems that they found uh doing that type of movie because they wanted the you know rain scenes and the stuff that they make these giant animatronic monsters out of uh yeah that stuff doesn't do well in the rain so he actually had by this time figured out a way to actually seal coat that uh that that foam that they used to build them out of and uh it just takes like eight layers of paint and then waterproofing all the hydraulics so he learned a lot from jurassic park to make this wonderful 30 foot crocodile that you see in the movie I will say it is it is kind of an interesting thing. And the the name of the movie being Lake Placid, it is kind of almost strange that this movie takes place in northern America, especially since any type of alligator or crocodile is usually a a warm climate animal. And you would have thought it would have taken place in the Everglades. And yet it does not. Um, This is a phenomenal creature feature. Through and through. I think it's one of the top ten. It is. And you know what? The the CGI isn't that bad. And I think the total yeah. time that the croc is on screen between the animatronic and the CGI, it's like three minutes. And uh, well, the, the CGI, yeah. like, it, it it's nice and subtle. Like, you could tell, like, sometimes, like, all right, it's clearly CGI. But it was it's, like, kind of so quick you don't, like, notice it. Uh, so I, I kind of well, enjoyed it. I feel like you don't get bothered by it, at least in my yes. opinion, because once you've seen it, you don't be bothered by it because you're also dealing with the idea that this is a a crocodile. If I'm not mistaken, not alligator, yeah, a it's crocodile a crocodile from other areas that logistically have no business being here. Also, the size it reaches is not real. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. There's no actual science behind any of it. So I think you give yourself over to the fact that, like, who cares that it's CGI? Who cares that it's unrealistic? Because not a goddamn thing about this movie adds up. Well, yeah, I also kind of, like, I think the closest comparison to this movie would be, like, Anaconda, right? Uh, a blockbuster monster movie, right, that makes that makes sense. But, hey, the CGI is fucking real shit in Anaconda, though. It's, a, it's bad. Well, co- 
Well, correct. So I actually personally, I don't know if anybody else feels this way. I'm sure there could be a blog or an article out there that absolutely aligns with me. I believe that there is a holy trinity of creature feature for my generation. So I was born in 92 and, and the trinity is uh, Lake Placid, Anaconda, and Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. All three have very shitty CGI. The stories are not all that believable or good, but they were so fun and different and unique for my generation. The new onset of CGI, special effects, all new things that you could do with unbelievable casts. I mean, again, look at Deep Blue Sea with Samuel L. Jackson and then Anaconda with J-Lo, Owen Wilson, Harvey Keita. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, how do you end up with this perfect lineup and yet such a bizarre, shitty movie? It set the tone for years to come, and I'm all for it. Can I throw one maybe to make it, uh, not to bump one off the list, but to maybe make it a holy foursome here that I feel like felt in the same. Now, listen, it's not a perfect fit because yours are singular monsters. Well, technically... It's, they're supposed to be singular monsters, although this movie is is two. If we're if there's more than one monster that we're, we can count for it, I'd like to throw Congo in the mix of there. I feel like it lives very much in the same world as all of these. A ridiculous Congo? movie. Congo does not, though. I totally understand why you feel that way. Congo is different, and here's why. Congo has a different formula, meaning one, it is a novel adaptation in line with Jurassic Park. They are novel adaptations that someone wrote the book first. That is not true of Anaconda. Both written by... uh, um, uh, Both written by Uh, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton, thank you, because he wrote Jurassic Park, Congo, and um, Stargate or something. Yeah, but like like, like, like Jurassic Park is a good good movie that kind of makes sense, but Congo is ridiculous. No, 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 I'm not done. Actually, I was wrong. He didn't write write Stargate. He wrote Andromeda Strain. Okay, so it is a book adaptation, which is why I don't include it. Also, the difference between Anaconda, Deep Blue Sea and Lake Placid is that Anaconda has a a protagonist that is one of the said creatures. And in uh, in Congo, it's Amy, a good ape. There is no good animal in my trilogy. I guess that's okay. All right. It's not. It's a totally different concept. The idea of the the white monkeys in um, (laughs) Congo... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that they they are sort of like a supernatural force. They are something otherworldly, almost spiritual, almost alien. Completely set off. That is more religious lore, even when you talk about King Solomon's mind. None of this is religious. A lot of what we see with Anaconda, what we see with Deep Blue Sea, and what we see with like Placid are purely nature slash man taking over for itself. It has nothing to do with that. Well, see, so, I, though I, see, I would disagree I with that because it. Anaconda has the same kind of storyline for the most part as that. They're looking for something out in the wilderness. They can run across that. I, I never thought that the monkeys in that were supernatural. They were just untouched by man because nobody could go into that place, which is very similar to that. worshipped as a deity. Yeah. I didn't I, say they were touched by man. They were worshipped as deity. Okay. I disagree be. with you. All right. Well, that's fair. Fine. I see your point. I disagree with you. They don't belong in the same category. Okay. Well, agree to disagree. That's what I'm going to go do. Perfect. That's what I'm going to go Great. do. 
Okay. Great. Go fuck yourself. Last last word. Last word. Fuck you. <laughs> so you won uh, last week, not winning this week. There are. What did I win last week? I don't know. We had a disagreement about something. Shocker. Um. No. <laughs> so, there are though. There are a lot of big similarities between this uh, movie and others, though. Obviously, uh, uh, the biggest similarity being probably Alligator 1980, which they actually referenced to when Hector Sear, played by uh, the very... I love that, first of all, Hector Sear is played by the by the very sex symbol Oliver Platt, which is the hilarious... <laughs> that I've never seen Oliver Platt play a sex symbol except this movie, uh, and it's, it's kind of perfect. Um, I, I love that you bring that up because Oliver Platt is a hilarious sex symbol and yet as much as i want to laugh about it the older i get i'm like god damn it i've fucked i've fucked an oliver platt i get it <laughs> you've you've let it, you've let somebody oliver splat you <laughs> i like hey. when, <laughs> i like when i make a good enough joke but you don't want to laugh at it but that was a good one you liked oliver splat <laughs> i don't like my choices how about that that's that's what i'm laughing about <laughs> So, uh, no, uh, Sear mentions at one time is like, who knows how I got here? Some asshole flushed it down, uh, down a toilet in Hong Kong, which is the actual <laughs> premise for the plot of, uh, Alligator 1980. Somebody yes. flushes one down and it grows in the sewers. Uh, but it's actually a lot more a bigger ripoff of season two's X-Files, uh, season three, episode two, Quagmire, which is uh, almost a hundred percent. The storyline from that is there is a, a, a monster they think is big blue, a local legend, uh, and it actually is, uh, is ends up being a giant crocodile. So uh, shout out to X-Files for really busting this uh, plot open uh, a couple years before this movie drops. So um, I like how the movie starts off because it, they do tr- they do definitely advertise it as a comedy. Um, yes. They they try to make it like this is a fun ramp with lots of jokes and stuff like that. I will say though, the first person you get to meet is Brendan Gleeson, who I love in a lot of other his movies, but his enthusiasm in this film is so lacking. Like he's a good actor. Like in Twenty Eight Days Later, he's a great. I love his character in that. In this oh, this yeah. one, it just felt like he's like I read the fucking script and I'm gonna say my fucking lines and that's you're not gonna make me do anything yeah. else. <laughs> Eric is a hundred percent right, and I mean, yeah, this is an actor who is classically trained, who is actually known a lot of times as what, like a supporting actor, but a great yeah, one yeah, at that. Yeah. Who's been in amazing yeah. movies Gangs like of Gangs New of York, New- yes, of course, New York, and fucking Harry Potter as mm-hmm. Mad Eye Moody. Like he is a big deal, but he has some of the fucking worst lines i've ever heard in a movie which if eric will indulge me in the first 15 minutes of this movie he delivers one of the dumbest lines i've ever heard in cinema which in fact this line has kept me up at night and made me want to fucking kill myself okay (laughs) okay okay this is word for word the line that he delivers you can look this up ladies and gentlemen if you have not heard it Everyone's a comedian, sarcastic. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Everyone's a comedian, and there's no period. It is everyone's a comedian, comma, sarcastic. <laughs> Crushing it. What? What does that fucking mean? This 
character stumbled over words like it's fucking Restivo. I don't understand <laughs> what this means. Well, I'm pretty sure I I like when they introduce him, right? He 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 talks about these big city folks and how they all use sarcasm and how we don't do that. And then the rest of the movie he uses sarcasm. Like he never stops being a sarcastic prick throughout the rest of the movie. But but also the line everyone's a comedian sarcastic. What? What do you you mean because you use sarcasm you're a comedian? What the no. fuck is I literally have sat down and cried. Do you know you know what it is? You know what it is? It was that's exactly how it was written in the script, but it was supposed to be the parentheses like say it with sarcasm and instead instead he just read it like that because it was probably written like that and they were like yeah, that'll do. He's not happy. And We're not going to make him do a reshoot. No, they just left it in. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> this has haunted me for nearly 15 years. I mean, clearly, that's if you were writing it. You're like, he says it, and then sarcastic. Except somebody didn't change the typeface, so he just read it like that. Because he's like, I know I should do it this way, but fuck you. I'm going to read it like this. And just gave it's, you a big fuck you to the fucking it, director. It's, it's straight up horrible. I think about this fairly constantly, probably once a week, this line haunts me, and then I get real angry. But also, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to tag beavers, my Insta handle is uh, slash and gash <laughs> I do. I, mean, I did write, uh, they're t- out there tagging beavers, which I did. I did, I did think that was funny. Uh, of course, the diver that goes in gets a little bit more than he uh, bargains for and ends up getting fucking chopped in half, which is a good opening kill. Really good. I like it. He just pulls him up and it's just half of his body. He's like, am I, am I, am I okay? Am I okay? And he's like, I like that he shows like the, the type of urgency that like someone just can't find their other shoe yet like that like the look on on his face is like it's like oh damn it well it's he literally it's no panic he's just like i'm gonna have so much fucking paperwork to do after this god well i i do love that scene agreed it is such a fun way to open the movie i love a good bite in half i think it's super fun but my favorite thing about biting a person in half doesn't matter if it's an alligator a snake a shark your mom i don't give a shit my favorite thing is when you bite someone in half and then the blood starts squirting out of the mouth yeah, yeah, 10 yeah, out of yeah. 10 for bloody teeth that is Love good that bloody teeth are an important part of any chomp in half i know i like they're like <laughs> i think there's some blood coming out of my mouth am i all right yeah <laughs> uh, i don't i don't know it, you might be uh <laughs> eric likes to play a game called gingivitis or dying so where it's like either she has gum disease or she's been bit in half. <laughs> yes. Stop. I, my tooth is broken in half currently. Oh, my God. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. I broke my my tooth that I've already broken once and I have to go on Monday. And I want to I just want to eat things that I want to eat and I can't. So I'm, I'm limited to the things of how much I want to pick at this fucking chunk of tooth that's left in my uh, face. Uh, and- I love that Eric is like, I can't wait to go back to my salty surprise jerky from ollie's as soon as i fix this fight hey, hey i did throw that out i did throw that out. i want oh, you to know i'm I'm, growing, so, I'm growing as a person okay i realized I'm so that proud of you Thanks. and then having said that i'm such a fucking hypocrite i go to ollie's and i got dunkaroos for 75 <laughs> percent off because they expired last week yes yes dunkaroos hell yeah you're living your best life fuck that don't let the haters I die. Uh-huh. don't let the haters turn you down all right 
By the way, Ollie's great selection of graphic novels that have been out for like five or six years. Check it out. I love it. That's the first place I go. Anyway, uh, I le- we, next we get to meet Kelly Scott, who's played by Bridget Fonda, who's also phoning in every performance in this movie that she can. Uh, she's trying her best at times, but I, the only person who I feel like took this with even like an ounce of sincerity is Oliver Platt and Bill Pullman in this movie. They're the only ones that seem to care. And to be fair, the great no. Betty White, who we're going to get to. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you. I think Bridget Fonda cared a lot, but I think there are parts where she overplayed and maybe didn't get good leads or she didn't take good advice for how to play certain aspects of this role. And I can't deny because I know I picked this one. I've been on a real Bridget Fonda kick because she was also yeah. in Single White Female. Um, and again, the amazing, beautiful, sultry wife to Danny Elfman. Um, mm, fuck yeah. I like, yeah. Uh, I was watching, so I have the old school DVD of Lake Placid, which is what I watch. And I was watching mm-hmm. some of the, I watched what it's called the featurette which is like some of the mm-hmm. interviews and stuff like that and bridget fonda trying to promote this movie is very very funny she's like you know it's um it's really fun and uh it's like lots of her like uh, and uh i think it's um it's like every time she pauses you're like this is a shit movie what can i say that will well, trick you into coming to watch so, this so eric is absolutely right and you know Excuse me. You know what, though? I have come to terms and a lot of compassion for actors having to promote and do press because it has to be like being a comedian, but worse, like times 10 or 20, because it's bad enough when you're a comedian and you come to realize you're on an absolute shit show (laughs) even before it's happened and you have to promote it and be like, you should come. There are still tickets, but times that by 10. And you have to promote movies. You go on these tours, these press tours. You go to these fucking parties. And you're like, yeah, this is going to be the next big hot summer movie. With the whole time, you're like, I fucking hope I die on the way to this premiere. Do you? Hey, do you ever do this, Ashley? Because I've done this before, okay? And I want to know mm-hmm. if you've done this. Do you know how like a random friend from your past will hit you up and you're like, hey, I see that you're on this show. How do I get tickets? And you have to like gently send them a message that says like, Hey, I kind of, I know you haven't seen me in like 10 years. I Can you not come to this show? Like this is not, because you know it's going to be a bad show. And you tell them like, I don't, I, I can't have this be the show that you know me for after this day. Has this, have, has this phenomena happened to you? That is really weird. I, I understand what you're saying, and I under like I grasp it, and I can I can see it. That has actually uh, never happened to me because it's normally only comedians from my past that are like, "Hey, I know we haven't talked in ten years, and then I fucked you, and then never called you again. Can you get me on that show? I'd love a, a guest spot." <laughs> and the best revenge is getting them booked at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just slash your tires when you show up, and then I tell them you don't have a comp ticket, so you have to pay. <laughs> That's even better. Oh. Always playing. Always three steps ahead. Mm. So they uh, uh, next we get to go. Uh, she she has recently gets dumped, and her best friend Myra, who's uh, played by Mariska H- Haggerty. Uh, is actually yeah, the, uh, she she finds out that she's been fucking and she's like it was love and you can't understand how it happens and she doesn't show up for the rest of the movie which I thought was fun 
Well, can I just say, it is like one of the saddest things I've ever seen in cinema. And I identify with Bridget's character in such a sad, horrible way to be in a relationship, a known relationship with another employee, a.k.a. I guess your boss, but it's known to be in a known relationship. And then your best friend then starts fucking your man who's also an employee at this company and then they send you away to vermont to hope that you quote <laughs> cooled down i she handles it so well i would have fucking shot up the uh museum gosh you you know i was trying to think like uh uh you know what what would Robin Williams, Teddy Roosevelt character from Night of the Museum, think about all of this. You know, he wouldn't have acted in this in this way, shape, or form. I, Eric, I absolutely would have shot my coworkers. <laughs> like one hundred percent, I'd kill him, kill her, and then all of a sudden, while she's dying, Marie, Miss Mariska Hargitay gets up with the shotgun blast to her guts, and she goes, "Dun dun 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 dun." dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. In, Sexually in, based crimes are very heinous. In the land of museum crimes. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, just like Jeremy said earlier, I after I shoot both of them, I'd stand over his fucking body and I'd be like, <laughs> Welcome to Lake Pla uh Flaccid. <laughs> and then <just laughs> This fuck is him. So this is where the, the movie really starts getting juicy. We next we get to meet Jack Wells, played by Bill Pullman, who's the wildlife conservationist of the out, which I love that he has jurisdiction over the police in this movie. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No this is this is uh this is uh fishing and game, actually. This is my jurisdiction. And Ashley is is now making out with the microphone at just the mere thought of Bill Pullman. Look, I love Bill Pullman. I will never not simp for Bull Bill Pullman. Sorry, I've been drinking. My bad. <laughs> I <laughs> I also like can I explain that I don't know what you're drinking. I'm assuming it's a twisted tea, but you have a little uh, whatever it is, it's a tall, like, 22-ouncer, and you have it in, like, it's very funny that you have it in the little quality time holder. <laughs> I don't know why you're like, it's making it me fits. laugh. <laughs> it fits. But yes, it is a Smirnoff, uh, yeah, it's a 32, yeah, it's a big, it's a tall boy. It's a tall it's boy. A tall... <laughs> um, look, I love Bill Pullman. I would love to be fucked by Bill Pullman. That's not like a mystery to anybody on this podcast. But yes, Eric points out a very funny flaw to me, which is that fish and game would have any sort of authority over regular police. I can actually tell you guys, I swear this is a side story that kind of fits. And this is why this makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. One of my best friends who I will not identify because of their job is an area police officer out here where I live. Okay. And they said one of the funniest cases they ever had is they had someone illegally poaching deer meat. Like they didn't have a license properly and they were overkilling the deer in the area. Okay. And they were trying to investigate it and they did like a sting operation, but needed the help of the local fish and game who who are aware of this stuff. And they said it was the funniest night of their life because they pull up to the truck where the fish and game officer, police officer is, mm -hmm. and he's sitting there and he's all excited and he's like this is the biggest bust I've ever seen in 25 years he's like, do you know how much fucking meat we're gonna get tonight <laughs> <laughs> so wait, did they take like pictures like it's like cocaine bust like uh, like all around yeah. these freeze dried frozen deer carcasses 
we're going to get close to 55 pounds of deer meat that's been illegally moving up and down I-80. Thank God you got it off the streets before it was too late. He's an officer. He said this dude was about to cream his motherfucking jeans. He's like, wait till we find a guy who's been using rainbow trout. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Hey, Eric, for editing purposes, I Okay, take a pee real quick. We'll take a little quick break, and we'll come right on I'm back. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Thank go you. for it. All right, we're back. We're back live again. We're rolling. You got Dunkaroos now? Yeah, I don't ruin bitches for... Well, yeah, I do. Fuck you. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so, uh, where were we here? Uh, so, we meet Jack Wells, Bill Pullman. He also uses sarcasm, uh, and the guy doesn't like it. So uh, they do ha- send Kelly up to Maine to go check out the tooth that they recovered because it appears to be prehistoric, but also kind of new. And I do believe I couldn't find this and confirm it. And I know we'll go back to what you I, I saw you I saw you raising your hand, but like the uh, uh, I think that the pilot for this helicopter ride that she takes up to Maine is none other than Steve Miner, though I couldn't find confirmation on that. He looks like he looks like director Steve Miner, the guy who's uh, flying the po- uh, the plane there. But Ashley, you were saying, I'm sorry. Oh, um, no, I was just gonna say the word sarcastic comes up so much in reference to like specifically the police officer in in this uh town i don't know why they keep referencing this word it's almost it reminds me of uh princess bride when he's like you keep using that word i'm not sure you know what this word means. that is true i agree yeah, yeah. it is it shows up at a, a, an alarming amount i agree mm-hmm. so uh she gets to see the uh reptilian uh tooth but it's clearly uh not a fossil it's something new uh and she is also scared of everything which is uh like not just like she's like the morgue do you mean we're like dead bodies are <laughs> and uh so everything scares her um look i identify with her because she's real bitchy real needy real unhappy and i'm like slay bitch like i get you slay bitch <laughs> so uh they uh they go to head out and the sheriff brings his fake grenade launcher that they made for this movie uh you know because the classic shakespearean if you show a knife in act one you're gonna use it in act three and sure enough that'll come back into play soon enough uh she's also worried about uh the, i like that what the sheriff like questions her and there's a big problem with uh museum bigotry like you're like you museum folks and the way that they talk about like both of them are like what do you guys have against museums Museums, huh? <laughs> I thought that was very look, hilarious. Look, I don't like it, but I cannot help but point out Eric is like the townspeople in Lake Placid. I am unfortunately the Bridget Fonda of this group because I'm like, oh, you can't read, you uneducated piece of shit. And Eric's like, oh, why are you being sarcastic, Arya? Oh, <laughs> you and your sense. you and your fancy books over there. Are you oh, ready, you're, kids? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're educated. Fuck you. And I'm like, you're uneducated. Fuck you. Why are things not within my control? Why are there <laughs> bugs everywhere? I'm deeply unhappy. <laughs> Watch out for the hog swine. If you see the babies, the mother ain't hard behind. Oh, Eric, you sarcastic piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that sarcasm is just stating a fact that's nearby in this movie. Uh-huh. 
Uh, we also get to meet the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, I don't know. Oh yeah. For some reason, I thought this lady would come in. It feels like they're writing the movie as it goes. Cause they introduce this like teenage hot chick character that walks by like, Hey, are you guys monster hunting? And they're like, I'm like, cool. This is, she's probably gonna get bitten half later. And she never shows up again in the movie. The guys just kind of ogle like, Oh, all right. You don't remember this part at all where they're no. standing out front of the. No, did we watch two different versions? Because I don't remember her. No, there's like a teenage girl that comes out that's wearing like uh, checkered pants or whatever and comes up and talks to Bill Pullman and uh, the sheriff. And they're like, did I ever hear that you're going monster hunting? (laughs) And she's got real early, late 90s. Like she looks like she's from the movie Clueless. And I'm thinking, I was like, cool, they're going to go out. She's going to show up in the movie and like with her friends and be like, we're looking for monsters because there's this. And they were going to get like eaten up and nothing. She never shows up again in the movie. Yeah, it's Eric's type of lady. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember that at all. I feel like maybe we watched two different versions. I've never remembered that part of the movie ever. Well, and I've re- let me watched see it here. This is uh, this is right. this is the uh, um, the extended cut of of Lake Placid here. So you know. I will say, though, this DVD that I own is the shittiest actual version of watching this. So I watched it on my desktop here, and it couldn't even... I couldn't get it to go full screen of, like, of just my big monitor here. Like, and the resolution started to become poor when I zoomed in. Like, that's how shitty a copy DVD hey, this I is. To, look, I hate to break it to you. Um, I was born in 92. It wasn't a great decade. Not not great thought processes going on. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I like chocolate. What the f- more for me? Yeah, um, like, no, it's just the <laughs> Ashley's talking about not great thought presses is she's licking the bottom of the icing part of a Dunkaroos. Hey, I can't. I, <laughs> I gotta let hey. the listeners in instead of them just knowing I'm laughing maniacally, which I mean hey. I do anyway. But hey, compared to last time you saw me in person, this one's mine. <laughs> So uh, their first stop is the Miss Bickerman, who's played by the lovely Betty White, oh, and uh, anyway. she's the closest house. And I, I brought my first audio clip out here. We're already past the hour mark, but you know what? We're having fun with Lake Placid. What else are we going to do? A man was fatally attacked yesterday by some animal in this lake. Do you know how your husband died? Oh yes, I killed him. You killed him? Oh yes. Uh. And how would you have accomplished this, ma'am? Well, he was very sick, and and he refused to go to a doctor. He'd be coherent one day and incoherent the next. And Well, one coherent day, he asked me to end his suffering. He kept insisting and insisting, and then, well, finally, I just gave in. And I hit him on the head with a skillet, and then buried him under the bulkhead. Well, dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. So, I, so I, I guess we have to spoil just a little bit of the movie uh, as, as we're in Florida. So, eventually you find out that this was a lie that she was telling. But the reason she's lying is because she's more scared to admit that possibly her husband was eaten by an alligator than just... She just admitted to murder instead, though. They're like, I'll take the lesser charge of murder. 
<laughs> to protect this this well, sweet you know what, though? prehistoric animal. This is kind of funny because it's very in line with Betty almost as a person, Betty White. Because Betty White never would have children, but she was an avid supporter and donor to a lot of animal rights shelters and organizations. Yeah, she's a huge I, PETA supporter, too. A huge PETA supporter. And it's funny, yes. PETA actually called her out because in this movie, they, they they talk about feeding cows to them, which we'll get to later. Yeah. And they blamed Betty White. She's like, I'm your biggest supporter. How dare you? <laughs> I also love that she inspired me from a young girl to be like, you know what? If a man's doing you dirty, just fucking kill him with a firing pan and then feed him to your cats yeah that's pretty much the i mean not the man part but uh i'm pretty sure that's how uh dolores claiborne kills her uh her uh uh employer so except it's well, actually Eric, a rolling let's pin. just cut let's just cut through the red tape ladies kill the men in your life all right yeah i can i've been <laughs> this is that's how i saw myself going out i'm not gonna lie so uh, next we go ahead to the campsite and we get our titular line here. Water, it's so black. There's no waves or anything. Well, they wanted to call it Lake Placid, but somebody said that name was taken. It's too bad. There you go. Uh, quick titular <laughs> line there. Uh, they actually find a moose head on their way of a chewed up moose head and they pull that out, which is funny because this was actually filmed in Moose Lake. Oh, I love Moose Lake. I've actually been there. It's a beautiful place. Um, I think we've already reached the point that we've gone past introduction of Oliver Platt, right? No, that's like, coming essentially... up. It's coming up real soon oh. here. It's coming up right. We're actually on it I'm right so now. Dark. They he comes in, flies in, and uh, Kelly. Uh, uh, they it also. It's important that Kelly gets the moose head thrown at her because other heads will also get thrown at her. It's a it's a recurring bit in the in the movie. And again, I continue to identify with her character because I, too, get a lot of head. Um, but <laughs> I love that Oliver Platt shows up in a goddamn crocodile outfitted helicopter. Yes, like it looks like he, it's just he he loves crocodile. He's a billionaire that loves crocodiles so much that he devotes his life to just swimming with crocs, which is the most ridiculous backstory I've ever heard of a billionaire in my life. Can I straight up tell you, you are not, and by you, I mean Oliver Platt, you are not the Steve Irwin of the archaeological community. <laughs> you you do not swim with crocs. You know what happens when you swim with crocs? If they motherfucking bite you, they don't necessarily even kill you, right? For people yeah. who don't know, the worst thing that happens when you are bitten by a crocodile or alligator, it is not instantaneous death if you are saved, by the way. If you are bitten... You die an excruciating long-term death because the bacteria that lives in the teeth of alligators and crocodile is essentially necrophizing fasciitis, which is flesh-eating bacteria that will begin to gangrene your limbs after you've been bitten until they start to fucking fall off. Hell yeah. Don't do it. Gator don't, <laughs> Gator don't fucking play. Gator don't fucking my, mess with that shit. But my favorite thing about Oliver Platt's arrival, I'm sorry, Eric, if I'm jumping ahead for any point. No, we're here. We're, that's where we're at right now. Oh, well, no, but I apologize if, I, if I'm making a point you wanted to make. Um, I'm continuing throughout this entire fucking movie to understand why a fat man is making fun of another fat man and calling him. 
him fat. Yeah, that is fun. It is a lot of a lot of the pot calling the kettle black here, as Albert Platt <laughs> likes to call the sheriff a fat, dumb idiot, but particularly fat. And he makes like 10 fat jokes. And technically, if you're looking at him on camera, Oliver Platt is fatter. He like he's legit. He's legit, legit chubbier than than Mr. Gleason. Yes. It would be like Tim Dillon calling Eric a fat piece of shit. I'd be like, yeah, that's weird. Like, you've got the same body type. Hey, uh, that's mean. Also, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. That would be my point. I'd be like, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I did I did want to backtrack just for one little thing that we skipped over. So uh, that Jack is talking to Bridget Fonda's character, Kelly, and uh, uh, and somebody else comes over the the hot the one hot deputy comes over. OK. Yes. And she goes uh, she goes. She was like, what's this place like at night? It doesn't become like the movie Deliverance after it goes dark. And I was just like, what? I was like, are you or you that's. That's about hillbillies raping other dudes with crossbows. I was like, if anything, you're the safest one in that scenario. It's it's such a weird, offensive thing to say (laughs) to these people. I totally agree with you. But also, I love that you bring her up. Miranda has a very special place in my heart. Uh, Years later, almost 20 years later after this movie came out, uh, Patton Oswalt would lose his wife to an unfortunate uh, brain aneurysm, I believe. and he would meet Miranda, and they are now married. So it's actually very nice that Patton Oswald found a new wife. Oh, Patton Oswald's wife is the one who brought basically brought uh, uh, the Golden Gate serial killer, um, the Golden Gate Strangler, to fucking justice. Ultimately, she was the one who kept that story alive and wrote about him and stuff like that. So, yeah. shout outs to Patton Oswald's dead ass wife. Yeah, his. <laughs> That was kind of. Um, oh, I yeah, kind of his, worded that a little better. <laughs> yeah, his first wife wrote an amazing book, which I've read, which is uh, "I'll Be Alone in the Dark," which is like an incredible, absolutely amazing book. Um, but but yeah, he would go on to later meet this actress who played this deputy and and go on to marry her and become an amazing mother to his child. Jesus, you made this so awful, Eric. Why? I can't even. Finish. She's just dead. It's not a big deal. So look, um, the uh, the <laughs> the I like. All right. So now we've established that there's possibly a giant crocodile that's in the water. Okay. Yes. Now, the, Ashley, we're at the campsite. Okay, you and me, and we're game planning. What do you, What do you think we should do? I think my my goal would be like, hey. Let's take that real heavy giant police boat that we've been out in earlier. Maybe even something a little bit larger, you know, like a tugboat, something large, something that you yeah. go hunt jaws in, right? We'll get sure. in that and we'll go see if we can go find this fucking uh, crocodile. Uh, okay. Ashley, what did they actually do though here? Do you remember? Do you remember what they go out to go for this well, exploration mission? Well, first, Eric, let me tell you, I know you're being very logical, but if we were talking really what my plan would be, I'm absolutely using you as bait and planning to kill you. I mean, I've been thinking about this for oh, years no. before we did this movie. Um, but <laughs> no, so what they do, if I'm not mistaken, and Eric, clarify if I don't remember properly, 
but I'm fairly certain on the first try, they take a shitty, essentially aluminum boat yeah, with the, a bunch of them all on it. A pair of canoes. So two canoes, just like two, <laughs> two straight up paddle boats out to go to go find this crocodile. Horrible <laughs> idea. Yes, it's it, the worst idea you could possibly do. Be- because if I'm not mistaken, essentially to at this point, we've probably established he is a massive size he is not a traditional sized alligator and or croc yeah yeah he is well over 25 feet i want to say yes he's not he's not what you call classically regular classically beautiful crocodile he's big large and in charge it's 2020 this gator fucks he is the shack of of (laughs) alligator he is the magnum condom yes yes so uh they uh they go out in these two fucking canoes also they you realize they have a billionaire who has a a chopper this is he also decides to go ride in the canoe okay so i just need to make it clear the the whole idea is like we're bringing the museum chick the sheriff uh oliver platt the billionaire who has no business really being there they could just tell him to leave they could just tell him to leave no he, he gets to go too and then uh uh, of course, the great Bill Pullman. Uh, so the, I love I love the the away team here. So, uh, of course, one of the boats gets flipped over, but everybody seems to make it out OK out of this time. The croc is just fucking with them. And then this lady, uh, Kelly, calls her boss to tell him that they got flipped. Of course, they don't believe her. And I love I this line. I work for a natural history museum. I am not some. Uh, I don't believe her. Thank you. It's so rewarding to imagine my tax dollar finding its way to you, you fuck shit. You fuck shit. I just like, <laughs> I wanted Great to pull info. fuck shit. Fuck shit is a good combination of curse words that, like, somehow alone fucking shit, great. Put them together, calling someone a fuck shit. It's like the megazord of fucking good uh, uh, cut downs, I feel. Fuck shit is the insult of someone who is legitimately so upset that they cannot form a good insult and they're on the verge of tears, a la a woman. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you fuck shit like that is that is a woman who's purely emotional and isn't that much of a thinker also uh oddly enough it's also what my name is saved in is ashley's phone so uh, <laughs> uh actually that is not true i did i did update you it now just says do not answer <laughs> no you didn't no you didn't I don't believe you. So uh, they then uh, they then find a toe on uh, on the shores there because the, this croc don't actually eat humans. He just chews them a little bit and spits up the parts. And uh, she, of course, then runs into uh, uh, another head. And you're like, why do heads keep hitting me? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know, it's tough being a woman in a male-dominated uh, workspace. I agree with that. Um, I mean, it is. But I do... <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, I identify with her because, look, her and I are just two blonde bitches who hate our fucking situations, who are constantly looking for something to be mad at. Um, So the way she handles the one head that gets thrown at her, she's just so mad, even though it was not done on purpose, that she slaps him across the face and she's like, you did that on purpose. I have a hundred percent done that over much smaller things. So, hey, you know, near brush with death, confirmation that there's probably a giant monster in the lake. The last logical step: have a woods party with all the deputies out in the tents because that you need to blow off steam after a long day. You gotta blow Not off steam. That. 
Eric, it's not even that. It's it's whenever it's whenever the officer walks in and turns off the music because he's mad as shit. Mm-hmm. Understandably, and it's when he looks at Oliver Platt's character and he goes, "Hey, we were hoping to mate. Can can her and I do that?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> And hey, hey, you look at the hot the deputy. She's like, he's this is this is it. This is our time. No, uh, it, no, I I know that look, and it is a woman that is like, I don't have a lot of prospects, and he has money. <laughs> I need a way out of this town. <laughs> but I like and that she goes on to marry Patton Oswalt. <laughs> punchline of it all it's just like you know i had a do you ever think she gets in arguments with him you're like you know i had a chance with oliver platt hey if i would have hey look if i would have married oliver platt i wouldn't have to look in the mirror every day and then look across the table and wonder did i marry a mongoloid Did I marry a mongoloid? Uh, that's actually coming to the NBC lineup this fall, so check that out. NBC Universal, Did I Marry a Mongoloid? Uh, it is also the autobiography of Eric's wife. <laughs> <laughs> so later that night, Seer scares the sheriff uh, uh, and ends up getting him uh, caught in like one of his harness traps that he set up around there. And he's just like, if I let you down, are you going to try to kill me? And of course he does. He tries to fucking uh, fight him right after that. And, you know, they're they're just a nutty duo. They're just well, a nutty and, and duo. I, and I will say real quick, you know, I, I'm not, I know it's not a well-written movie. I know it's not a perfect movie. But there is kind of a softening we do see of Bridget Fonda's character. Because mm. over the fire, she does start to talk to Bill Paxton. And she... She essentially, I feel very actually bad for this character. She does kind of break down and tells him, you're right. Like, I don't want to be here. I got forced here because of my job. I was in a relationship with my boss who then fucked my best friend who was also a coworker, and they sent me here. So you feel really bad for this character. And she really starts to be humanized that, yeah, she's kind of a bitch, but she's a bitch that got done dirty. Yeah, I agree. So uh, the next day, it's new plan, right? So uh, the the pl- the plan for this of these wise, uh, enlightened group of of women and la- uh, gentlemen and ladies, uh, they go out to go attract it, uh, and with duck sounds because uh, this thing will eat ducks probably, and uh, both he uh, for fucking Bill Pullman and Oliver Platt get in the water in wetsuits, and they also say, you know, if you just stand still, they can't see it. So they're going by Jurassic Park rules at the Gators. I don't know if that works, but they're like, you just got to stand still and you'll be fine. Um, during the attraction, though, Kelly just falls in the water. They are able to save her, but as they're standing on the side of the boat, the guys pull it up the anchor, and the fucking uh, monster comes up and just bites the head off of the guy who's just pulling up the anchor and I was just like nice this is the first time you get to yeah. see the croc just for a split second just go bap uh, I stuff. will say that's one of my favorites is a good head bite doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the creature is I love a good head bite rip off very fun very squishy very disgusting Um, yeah I just some degree actually Eric it is sort of true as far as standing still because predators themselves are incredible at being able to not move specifically crocodiles and alligators for those of you that don't know they can sit for hours without blinking or moving because they will be flat tricking their prey into thinking they are a um like a log Mm -hmm. and they'll get 
real close. In fact, if you guys ever look it up, crocodiles and alligators are used by a lot of turtles. They will crawl up on them and rest on them in the sun because they are so flat and unmoving. You'd swear it was a man's penis. (laughs) So I do... uh, 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 the other thing they they mentioned is that they, I guess the alligators they can't see underwater. They actually close their eyes, so that's the reason if you just stand still. But they also have like an acute Alley. sense of smell that they could just they can still just smell you in the water and bite the shit out of you. It makes it makes zero sense, but uh, yeah, you know, hey, you know what? We're in it. We're gonna do it. Uh, that night, uh, uh, they go back to uh, examine things that uh, and this weird dream sequence where. Uh, it's not a dream sequence, but he's telling the sheriff about how he dreamed that one night he got bullied and this, and that he was a soccer ball and his head got kicked around like this. And the sheriff just can't care less about this opening up. I guess you didn't see this. This is probably the extended cut. It's there's yep. a reason. <laughs> hey, there's a reason this scene was cut. It's bad. It's real bad. Say, every time you bring up a scene that doesn't make sense, I go, oh, it's a cut scene. Yes. <laughs> And then uh, he gets caught in another trap. This time he's upside down. And then uh, he cuts him loose. And then all of a sudden, uh, a motherfucking bear comes out of nowhere. And as this bear is about to go and bear down on him, the crocodile comes up and chomps the bear in half in front of them. And you're like, okay, that's a good one. It's for real now. It's for real. And uh, almost Godzilla level, right? Because you're just like, what the fuck? Bug. I love that shit. A hundred percent with you. Uh, you know what? I feel like this movie, like somehow, if it could be match, like mashed up with the legend of Boggy Creek, like I want to see this. <laughs> I want to see the Boggy Creek monster versus this giant crocodile at one time. Is the crocodile going to win as he should? Yes. But will the Boggy Creek monster find a magical axe at the center of the earth that will help him defeat and even the odds? Maybe. Um, but let's 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 work on the screen. A little I'd bit. rather I'd rather see a shark from like deep blue sea go Ooh. up against yeah i don't hate that i don't hate that either i do yeah. like a deep blue sea god ll cool j's probably his greatest horror film and yes i i yeah, yeah. i'd say it better than yeah. the halloween movie he was in um <laughs> so uh you know oddly enough a halloween tie other than that h2o director uh steve minor did this one uh he he actually uh filming got delayed because the weather was really bad on this lake so he actually started making H2O during the downtime of this so he was making both of these movies simultaneously both H2O hey. and Lake Placid Hey you know what they say why do one thing shitty when you can do two things shitty? <laughs> I know you really hate H2O, and I, I, I that's a soft spot for me. I don't think it's the worst one. And it's, listen, anytime I get to see Josh Hartnett's weird ass haircuts, I'm always down for it. Well, there's two things I'm going to say about that. First of all, you do love your soft spots. Um, and then number two, <laughs> eh, Lake Placid. Um, but number two, <laughs> I. Talk about his shitty haircuts. Look, he's had some bad ones, but again, that is another man that has come into his prime that I would absolutely fuck. Like, I would fuck Josh Hartnett if I could. That man is delicious. Hollywood homicide, bonable. 30 days of night, you got it. Penny dreadful, 
take my virginity twice. Unreal. The faculty? He was real. <laughs> he was real ugly in the faculty. <laughs> I just give you like, that. I was like late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, Josh Hartnett. He would like go to the barber and he would just bring a picture of like an anime character. Like, can you make this my hair? Could you do okay, that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. The man he's grown into. That's what matters. It, it was as a- if like the barber walked in and it was just like he was like, you know what? I want you to be an artist. I want you to describe. And the like the lady puts on a blindfold and just starts going. <laughs> That's <laughs> just Look, taking you, chunks out of weird I'm, places. I'm angry as hell because you know what? Eric can be right, but he should not talk about haircuts. <laughs> I have a great I have a great head of hair right now. I've I've uh, I've been, right I've been now, it. Right now. I've seen some other ones that maybe want to fucking slit my throat. <laughs> That's some real you've had some real Eric recently joking a haircut so bad. I could not masturbate for two and a half weeks to anything. It, it was it was horrible i thought about killing myself just so eric never show me a picture of himself again it looks so bad i don't know what you're it talking looks, about it's it looks so worst. bad eric eric looks like a somehow gayer chris chan like it was the worst thing i made chris, I, I made chris chan it, look like fucking josh hartnett it, <laughs> It was truly awful. I didn't eat for three days after Eric sent me that photo. I started a new diet program. It's called Look at This Picture. <laughs> and it just makes you immediately vomit. I literally, by the way, I have it set as the background to three of my oh. devices because I, I, for my listeners, for any of you that have been with us for several years, you know that I like, you know, don't like being alive. But I will now look at that photo when I think I'm ugly and then i'm like no i'm okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so uh after this bear gets chewed up uh next they find a giant i find that like this movie they raise the stakes we just saw it eat a whole bear and then the next they find a paw they they decided to just examine the print we're like no 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 we know it exists we don't document that on your own time okay this giant (laughs) fucking footprint that you found we don't need this at this point uh but the the footprint that they find just happens to be near betty white's house and of course uh they find her going to go free uh feed the crocodile out back with the cows so uh here is this one right here well bernie was out fishing and it followed him home So we threw some scraps. Well, he didn't seem to bother anybody. He became kind of like a a pet who lives in the wild. He just appeared. You have no idea how he arrived here. No, do you? Ma'am, your husband burned. You didn't by any chance lead him to the lake blindfolded. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. (laughs) Did the crocodile kill your husband? Yes. But but it, it was all... It was a mistake. A mistake? One of our horses got loose two years ago. Went to the lake to drink, and the crocodile started coming in, and Bernie went to intercede, and if I'd reported it, they'd have sent people to kill it. Ma'am, how could you not report this? Puts human life at risk. Nobody lives on this lake. It's really his lake now. Whoa. Um, so... Sorry, Eric, real quick. I don't know why I didn't bring this up sooner. I just need to share it. I know, I, I hope and believe you share my my feelings. 
why do we never at any point explain why we in our we are in a northern north american town like vermont state and he has this motherfucking accent and he is a police officer <laughs> you're right you're right he should like mark Wahlberg would have been a better choice for this role right like he should be that should be who it is at no point do we ever address why you have a police officer in the most northern part of america it's like oh you'll be feeding your husband to the crocodile do ya? <laughs> what i think uh I think the funniest part would be like, um, you know, like you you remember how like Mark Wahlberg have you ever you, have I have I ever played you that interview of Mark Wahlberg talking about nine eleven where he's like, yeah, if I was on that plane, there would have been one more building left. Like he watches uh, this movie and he was just like, if I was a sheriff in this situation, there'd be a lot more cows left. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, not only have you played for me the interview, and it was wonderful, it awoken a memory in me that, though it is not my memory, a girlfriend several years ago was in the movie The Happening with Mark Wahlberg, and uh, M. Night Shyamalan was the director and came to a group of teenagers supposed to be in high school in this movie, Mm -hmm. and he goes, hey, your motivation when you're in this hallway, (laughs) 9-11. And they were like, what? And he didn't explain. And he goes, okay, shoot. And that was it. (laughs) 9-11. Dad, I love how fucking tone deaf he is. And I hope he never changes. Uh, And most of those people would have been maybe seven years older. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So uh, I also just isolated this for future use. So if you ever need it, just let me know. a dick this is where i tell you to suck it that's all i need like i might just send it to you on like a little thing so you could just press it for people if you need it ashley because betty white betty white saying that is uh you know it's good it's strong hey isn't it our good friend rob mayer once you go white you're always tight (laughs) yes you'll still be tight still Uh, uh so seer uh then just decides to go swimming after this because you know i have to go do that uh he's able to get away luckily because of uh an airbag that he has on his thing uh and the lady sheriff uh begs him not to go and uh says hey get out of the water i will fuck you and he's like hey he goes he goes not enough He goes, wow. I like, I like it. He goes, he's like, don't worry. The pussy will be there. I'm swimming with crocodiles right now. <laughs> also, which not only is Eric right, but she obviously must care about you that she's like, Hey, I'll finally let you hit it. Just don't do this. Hey, please don't do this. And he's like, nah, excuse me. Uh, I am going to swim with this deadly animal that's already killed multiple people. So uh, they, I, I understand it. I've tried to give up the back the back door before to be like, hey, look, please don't do this podcast. And you're like, Ashley, sorry. I know you're promising me anal, but you got to do it. So uh, next they debate whether uh, to kill it or not. And uh, the plan mm-hmm. is, to, the plan that they come up with instead of killing it is to try to trap it going using the chopper and using a cow as bait that they slowly dip into the water and this poor cow who just does like i've never seen an animal want to be less in a situation like i this you couldn't do this without just making it fully cgi now but this cow you could see it in his eyes like i'm not supposed to be in this fucking harness (laughs) look 
two things. One, who doesn't like milk with their tea? Um, two, I also have been used for bait for much hotter dating prospects. I've had really hot girlfriends. I'm kind of like, I call myself the like anglefish of dating because I have really hot girlfriends that'll be like, look, I'm going to draw them in and be like, hey, my friend thinks you're hot. And guys assume, hey, that girl must be as hot as this girl. No, sure. And then my girlfriend steps out of the way. And I come up like a fish that lives in the darkness way below sea level. And I'm like, hey, the single friend is me. I'm the trap. <laughs> See, I... I, I had a very uh I had a very different experience. See, uh, I shout out to my friend Jerron, who I, I get I got to see yesterday. I hadn't seen him in some time. I've told some stories about him in the past, but I was using a capacity where I would often have to be the wingman for uh, uh my friend Jerron, where we would then go to a lady who was clear was a single mother, and then me and her kid would be forced to play um Spider Man on the PlayStation while his mom was getting railed out. So. That was, you know, that was me. I had to do that. And, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't very fun. I love that Eric is complaining like he didn't get free access to kids to molest. But OK, come on. No, first of all, that's not that's not an Eric Woodworth bit right there. I'm kidding. Eric doesn't molest children. He just abandoned them. Uh, <laughs> also not also not true. I'm, but I'm kidding. You. I just like watching Eric get upset. <laughs> well, Cuts deep like the Crocs jaws. Uh, so finally, we do get to see the grenade launcher. It's back. And uh, Betty Betty White is clearly uh, rooting for the crocodile to win here. I hope he swallows your friends whole. Which I think is a very funny drop that I have isolated now. Is I hope he swallows your friends whole. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. That's a good. I. I don't know where it's going to come. They're buying me dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, next, uh, they so they go croc fishing, but the chopper ends up dropping, and uh, the bat. They go to battle the beast. Kelly ends up swimming towards the water, where I feel like the crocodile is more dangerous. But whatever. Uh, She swims to the wreckage of the chopper, and uh, the giant crocodile actually gets caught in it. He's trapped. So they dart at the fuck, and they do it and all is well uh and then sears all happy and then all of a sudden holy shit there's another motherfucking one god and it claps him in his fucking leg piece which now that we know he's gonna die of gangrene no matter what happens at this point uh but then we finally get to see the grenade launcher as it takes out the small the slightly smaller one and uh catches a grenade launcher to the fucking face so uh that uh that uh brings us to a blistering end of it uh, uh, of the the conflict jack and kelly are now together they go right off into the sunset uh seer and the and the sheriff seer gets uh carted off but also finds a little bit of friendship in his new friend the sheriff and uh everything seems fine and dandy until we look out at the cute the, little buttons <laughs> and betty white is now feeding the babies that are in lake placid and that brings us to an end of Lake Placid 1999. Ashley, your final thoughts on Lake Placid, uh, a, a franchise that spawned six other movies, uh, one of them being a reboot. Yes, there are six, count it, six I other Lake Placid films. did not, man, I actually did not know that. Oh, uh, look, do I know it's terrible? 
Yes. Is it poorly done and poorly written? Yes. But has that ever stopped me from working on a project before? Absolutely not. So big fan. Absolutely love it. It's definitely in my top go-to movies. We just want something to throw on. I love it. I like it. It's it's a movie that doesn't ask a lot of you. And that's, you know what? Sometimes that's just nice to just have that. In our age of cell phones where I constantly am distracted, it's a perfect one to sit down, fuck around on your phone, and also watch and uh, just have on as the, as the noise in the background and watch some fucking people's heads get chopped off and people disemboweled. Um, Overall, big fan of all that. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? So you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can also now find me specifically to horror page as Slash and Gash DMV. Uh, you can catch me hosting at Bus Boys and Poets May 12th, and with Tommy Sinbazo at Mead Works in Hyattsville on May 21st. Fuck yeah, that all sounds pretty dope. I can't, I can't wait. Um, uh, all things Eric Comedy, EricComedy.com. Eric with a K, Comedy with a C. Uh, working on the album, so when that comes out, hopefully you guys can come and support that. Uh, Ashley, take us out of here. Ah, uh, are you a mental? <laughs>